The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hello, my name is Ben Bowler from OneGod.com. Together with our partners at the Interspiritual Network and Presence International, we are thrilled to welcome you to this 13-part radio series called The Convergence, uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. The rest of this decade and the next few decades represent a critical juncture in the evolution of our planet. At a time when consciousness is rapidly expanding, multiple crises on a global scale are also escalating. The sense of urgency is palpable. The question is this, will we wake up and will we grow up just in time to turn this around and navigate our way safely through these straits? If we are to accomplish this, two things are clear. We must do it all together, and we must do it now. It is in this spirit that we present to you The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends, together with some of the world's leading philosophers, thinkers, artists, activists, visionaries, and intergenerational leaders. We explore the cutting edges of spirituality, consciousness, ecology, social justice, and a host of interconnected fields, all essential in moving our planet forward towards a peaceful and positive future. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Thank you, Ben Bowler, for that introduction to the Convergence series. This is your series host, Dr. Kurt Johnson of the Interspiritual Network. Following our discussion of indigenous wisdom and subtle realm activism in December, which had thousands of listeners, we're really happy today to be hosting this episode on eco-spirituality and the global environmental crisis. Our co-host today is Dr. Rick Clugston, and we're especially fortunate to have as guests, each of whom Rick will introduce in a moment, Karenna Gore, Michael Dowd, Mindahi Bastido-Munoz, and Ken Kitatani. Dr. Rick Clugston is a global expert on sustainability who works with the Center for Earth Ethics, founded by Karenna Gore at Union Theological Seminary in New York City. He is also a founder of Forum 21 Institute, a forum for United Nations NGOs, and a co-director of University Leaders for a Sustainable Future. Rick also served as project coordinator for the Earth Charter Scholarship Project at the Center for Environmental and Sustainability Education. And most recently, he's the co-editor of the new book, Ethics, Spiritual Values, and the New UN Development Agenda. A long-term practitioner of spiritual paths East, West, and Indigenous, Rick also works with Presence.tv, the Interspiritual Network, and From Self-Care to Earth Care. And he travels widely, bringing his wealth of experience in world religions, environment, and sustainability to venues around the world. Now, Rick will be our host for the upcoming segments, and I'll join in again at the end. So we're really looking forward now to the discussions that are about to unfold. So, Rick, over to you. Thanks, Kurt. In today's session, we're, we're going to explore some critical global challenges we, we all face. 
and also explore how changes in our worldviews, in our lifestyles, and particularly in our policies and politics um, are needed in order to meet these challenges successfully. The first thing is to just touch briefly on a couple of the global challenges we face, uh, which the speakers will go into in more depth. Certainly, we all we see on the environmental side critical biodiversity loss, the extinction of many species. We see climate change. We see a lot of phosphate and other forms of pollution crossing planetary boundaries. At the same time, we see these as intimately interconnected with a whole set of social problems, violence, corruption, the huge immigration problem that we're all facing. Now, in order to meet these challenges successfully, I would argue we really need some profound shifts on a few levels. And this point has been driven home in the ongoing debates within the United Nations over what sustainable development is. In fact, over the past few years, in the negotiations for the new UN Development Agenda, Agenda 2030, the 193 negotiators, ambassadors, permanent representatives at the UN have called for transformative change and, and insisted that business as usual is not an option. Now, whether what they've come up with in the 17 SDGs and 169 targets is indeed not business as usual is up for debate. What we want to do in this session is really explore how we draw from worldviews that really see us as interconnected, see Earth as alive, see all beings as having uh, presence and, and uh, uh, rights in some sense. Also, we need to really look at how we live in ways that all can live. Um, we've got an economy where certain people are wealthy and getting wealthier. Many people are living in abject poverty. How do we actually create a more just and equitable order? What kind of um, lifestyle does that mean for us? What, how much is enough? Uh, it, is it, are we living in a world of overconsumption where too much is not enough? How do we bring our carbon and ecological footprints into line with what 9 billion or perhaps 11 billion people can, can live? And last, how do we really change uh, our policies? How do we find alternatives to GDP and obsession with short-term economic growth? How do we internalize uh, social and environmental costs into pricing good and services? How do we create trusteeship structures or ombudsperson structures within the United Nations and, in fact, at all levels of government that represent the interests of the more-than-human Earth community and of future generations? These are some of the questions that our uh, panelists, our speakers, will address in their segments which are upcoming. And now, now it's my distinct pleasure to introduce the four speakers that we'll be hearing from in the next couple segments, and uh, then at the end of this we'll all have a kind of roundtable discussion. Um, first up, and this is in order of their appearance, is Corinna Gore. She's the director of the Center for Earth Ethics at Union Theological Seminary and also a graduate of Union Theological Seminary. 
She previously worked as a lawyer and as director of the community affairs of community affairs for the Association to Benefit Children. And she's the author of Lighting the Way, Nine Women Who Changed Modern America. Next, we'll hear from Mindahi Bastida Munoz, who is the general coordinator of the Otami Kananha Regional Council in Mexico. He's a leader in Mexican sustainable development efforts and in the Indigenous Peoples Biocultural Climate Change Assessment. Mindahi is currently working as a fellow at the Center for Earth Ethics. The third person we'll hear from is Reverend Ken Kitatani. He's president of, For of the Forum 21 Institute, and since 1995, he served as an ordained minister for Sukyo Mahikari Centers for Spiritual Development. He's currently the UN representative for Sukyo Mahikari and the USA representative of Women in Need International. And last, we'll hear from Reverend Michael Dowd, who on his website is a pro-future evangelist, a climate hawk, author of Thank God for Evolution. He wrote a path-breaking book on Earth Spirit 25 years ago and focuses on reconciling science and religion and on sustainability issues. So we look forward to hearing from all of these folks in the next session. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hello. We hope you are enjoying this series on the convergence, uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created an entire online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery, and we are thrilled to be hosting this course on our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery program will take you on a guided journey through the amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com. That's the number one, G-O-D.com. And follow the links to the Academy. Join us in changing the world through the work of waking up and growing up. And let us all strive to unite the tribes in this interspiritual age. Hi friends, this is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, The Coming Into Spiritual Age. It's a modern day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com 
That's the number one, G-O-D.com, and follow the links. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Convergence. This is your host, Rick Clugston. And in this segment, I have two guests. First will be Karana Gore, and the second will be Mindahi Bastida Munoz. Go ahead, Karana. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to be on uh, Convergence, joining this conversation, and especially uh, to talk a little bit about climate change and the spiritual dimensions of this uh, this problem or crisis or situation. Um, <laughs> I do believe that when we look at where we are now in uh, terms of climate change and the ecological crisis, we can see that we are, are driven not by facts and, and logic and data, um, but that Rather, there is a block that we have to facing the reality of the situation that we're in, and that that block is spiritual. We have seen that not only is there a scientific consensus, 97% of the world scientists agree after hundreds or perhaps thousands of studies, uh, that, first of all, man-made climate change is here, and second of all, the primary cause of it is the burning of fossil fuels, which, of course, has been... Um, continually increasing since the Industrial Revolution. But also we now have the voice of, of Mother Nature. We have the, the actual climate impacts here. And just to, to give a little snapshot of where we are with that now, um, we crossed the threshold of 400 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere just last year. And we've seen heat waves, stronger storms, droughts, and ice melt and rising sea levels. Um, in each of those uh, impacts, we can see that not only um, are the, the poorest and most vulnerable people who have contributed least, the least emissions also, not only are those the people that suffer the most, but also we see that there are uh, refugees, there are people displaced, just to give um, an example, 15 of of the 16 warmest years on record were in the were since the year 2000. So obviously we're in 2017. You can do the math. Um, much of the Middle East might be in an uninhabitable by the end of the century. Um, and this is it was 129 degrees in Iraq just last summer. Um, in the case of the drought in Syria, um, two uh, over two million people displaced between 2006 and 2011. We've seen the instability in Syria and what that brought. So in in all of these ways, um, we are shown the interconnectivity of our world, and we see that, um, for instance, even when we look at the root causes of climate change, the production consumption economy that is just driven by a desire for economic growth, um, 
without actually counting things that are called externalities, um, water, air, uh, the well-being of future generations, um, those things are not are not counted. We see that, you know, perhaps you point to China's emissions or emissions of the developing world rising, but in fact we have to look clearly and see that that's because of the goods they're making in factories being sold to the United States, oftentimes the profit coming to the United States. In the case of, um, we see that people suffer most, uh, who are the most vulnerable on the front lines in the United States. Also, we have to look and see that in around the rest of the world, like in, in Nigeria and other places where there are oil spills, um, these people are affected and oftentimes not in, in the spotlight. It, is, it seems to me that the false sense of separation between humanity and nature is the root cause of, of this crisis, the sense that we are separate and superior, that we can dominate nature, that everything is a resource for human good. That is essentially a spiritual crisis, and in order to solve it, we have to change our consciousness and draw on the faith and wisdom traditions of the world in order to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Karenna. That was uh, a very well-described dimension of the Anthropocene if we're entering a geological age where it's humans that are the primary influence on um, reshaping the world. Clearly, we need to turn to the voices of indigenous folks, of people of faith that really understand and embody reverence for life. And I'm hoping, Mindahi, you'll give us some insights into that. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this uh, important uh, conversation. And I do believe that uh, as humans we are very disconnected from the life cycles. And, and that's the reason we are facing this disharmonization, this uh, imbalance, especially with the earth that uh, indigenous peoples we call Mother Earth. Others might call, the, might call her Mother Nature. But in fact, that uh, it has been happening ever, ever since 3,000 years ago when uh, there, were, there was uh, more uh, touch with uh, humans and, and the rest of creation. So we have lost. We have lost a lot of uh, this connection, and we think that that's the main problem that we are facing now. So we are facing now this abstract thought, and, uh, and we have been away from what is life. So I think and we think that uh, the rupture between these cycles, we have, it has been created, uh, created ever since, uh, I say, 3,000 years ago when we were kind of more than 13,000 cultures. Now we are around 7,500 cultures. So we are losing possibilities. So we have to, to think and, and, and go back to the original principles, which means it's for the good living. And the good living is just to, to have good air, to have access to uh, clean water, to have access to clean earth, 
and, and the elements themselves are sacred. So we see now that because of a lot of... Uh, uh, we, we see that we are facing this, this uh, crisis. It's not just material, but it's also a spiritual crisis. Because we can see that uh, because of over-exploitation of our Mother Earth, we are facing now even uh, the this secretion of uh, sacred sites. And it, it, those sacred sites are very important because they are the vital, vital points of Mother Earth in order to give us life. So we need really to protect what is sacred. In, in, the, in our vision is that we need to go back uh, to the original thought in order to really respect what is, uh, what is life. So as humans, we are facing all of this, uh, this uh, very complex uh, problems. It's because uh, we have this greed, this grief. Uh, we are just uh, facing so much problems because we don't respect what is life. So I need uh, to call the attention that we really need new generations, new thoughts. So we, we need to learn from, from uh, indigenous and local communities that wisdom that can uh, come uh, with, the, with this biodiversity that we need to, in order to, to live and we can, we can defeat uh, climate change in such a way that we really care for, for life. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mindahi. And I th thank you for pointing out the fact that we really do need that profound shift in awareness that, that Earth is alive and that all beings uh, deserve our respect and care. And somehow what we've done is we've created a, 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 an economy that's all about over-consuming and undermining uh, life. Um, we're going to take a quick break now, and we'll come back with the next segment in a few minutes. Thank you. I search my way through wreckage, try to find a piece to Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hello. We hope you are enjoying this series on the convergence, uniting the tribes in the interspiritual age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created an entire online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery, and we are thrilled to be hosting this course on our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery program will take you on a guided journey through the amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom, and more giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to OneGod.com. That's the number one, G-O-D.com. And follow the links to the Academy. 
Join us in changing the world through the work of waking up and growing up. And let us all strive to unite the tribes in this interspiritual age. Hi friends, this is Ben from OneGod.com with a special announcement. We hope you're enjoying this radio series, The Convergence, a journey of waking up and growing up with Dr. Kurt Johnson and friends. Many of the ideas that have gone into making this series had their original expression through Kurt's landmark book, The Coming Into Spiritual Age. It's a modern day spiritual classic full of inspired thinking and heralding an optimistic future right within our grasp. As a special gift to listeners of The Convergence, Dr. Johnson is giving you the first four chapters as a gift. In these first 50 pages, Kurt and co-author David Ord lay out the framework for their grand, integrated, interspiritual vision, a vision that Ken Wilber says might very well change your world. To get your free download of this incredible gift, just go to onegod.com, that's the number one, god.com, and follow the links. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, God.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Convergence. This is your host, Rick Clugston. And in this segment, we have... Two, two speakers, uh, Ken Kitatani and Michael Dowd. First, we'll hear from Ken. Hi, Rick. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, inviting me to join this uh, convergence. It's a pleasure to be here with everyone. And uh, I'd like to touch upon what both Karina and Minahi mentioned, which is the spiritual illness or uh, crisis, uh, also known as a moral crisis that humankind is facing right now. And so this, I believe and I agree with everyone, that uh, is the cause of uh, the various types of uh, issues or uh, problems that, and challenges that humankind is facing at this time. Certainly the uh, environmental degradation, climate change, and the crossing of uh, the planetary boundaries is the biggest concern for all humankind and, and for all of uh, the life community. But as I mentioned before, uh, I think the cause of this is fundamental causes of the spiritual illness or the malaise. And so this is a, a moral issue where I think many people and uh, many organizations are, are uh, voicing this or looking upon this right now. Uh, specifically, when we speak about uh, spiritual illness or moral crisis, we can see that uh, right now humankind, generally speaking, are, are driven by this uh, material-centered uh, dream or material-centered uh, goal, which is uh, comes down to basically greed, as was mentioned before. And this type of behavior manifesting in the different aspects of the economy, of course, the politics and governance, and uh, the social aspects is really manifesting as the different challenges. It's very interesting to note at the same time that there are have been an emergence of different movements uh, and paradigms, especially in the past uh, 50 years or so, which are uh, addressing uh, these challenges. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about these paradigms and 
it was mentioned in the introduction, one of them uh, is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And there are other similar paradigms, such as the Gross National Happiness Movement, which emerged from uh, Bhutan, the Buen Vivir, and also the Earth Charter Initiative. And there are other very similar types of uh, paradigms which are speaking to uh, this new narrative. So this addresses the question of, uh, well, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of this life community? And ultimately speaking, we come to the conclusion that uh, we want together uh, to form or establish a peaceful, sustainable, and just society and civilization. So I think uh, although we are living in very challenging times, it's very encouraging at the same time that uh, there are many such movements that are emerging uh, that are trying to bring together uh, these different organizations to address these issues. And fundamentally, what these paradigms and these new par- uh, movements uh, or the new narrative are addressing are uh, how to live our lives as human beings, especially concerning the Anthropocene aspect. So what we're trying to do at Forum 21 and, to get, and together with our affiliations and colleagues is to uh, address how we can uh, help communities become a sustainable uh, community. And so for this, we're focusing on addressing the three dimensions of the individual, how we can, uh, through whatever spiritual practice we can, to elevate our consciousness, and how we can help also the community itself become sustainable, and then also how we can help the policy and the governance to become sustainable. Thank you, Ken. I, I think one of the things you pointed out, which is a of such essential importance is the need to come up with alternative measures like Glenn Vivere or Gross National Happiness, things that actually point to what life is really all about, not just a short-term economic gain. And unless we make that shift and quit using GDP as the end-all and be-all for, for development, um, we, won't, we won't get to the shift that we need. Uh, Michael, it's now you're up, last but not least, and we look forward to hearing from you. Great. Thanks, Rick. It's, it's wonderful to be with you all. Um, my wife, Connie Barlow, is a science writer, and uh, I'm a minister. We're both climate activists, and we've been traveling North America for the last 15 years, speaking in churches and colleges, basically where science, inspiration, and sustainability intersect. But I was very much of a techno-optimist uh, up until four years ago when sustainability and climate change became really front and center. And so I've immersed myself in the literature of the rise and fall of civilizations. What has reality, God, I use the word God and reality interchangeably, reality as God's second name, uh, God as reality's mythic or, or sacred name, and, you know, reality, God has been revealing a lot through evidence about the rise and fall of civilizations, about paleoclimate, um, and there are certain things that are now locked in. We, we're dealing with things that are not just problems that could be potentially solved, but in many cases, we're dealing now with predicaments that need to be adapted to and evolved with and dealt with, and um, there's no question that what we do in the next decade or two could make the, the total difference between hell and purgatory, to use religious metaphors. But um, there's no avoiding purgatory. There's no avoiding in the next 200 years that there will be climate chaos. There'll be increased storms, 
growing deserts, shifts in growing belts and habitability, that's now inevitable. Um, the sea levels will continue to rise 25 to 40 feet above current levels in the next 200 years. Even if all human beings went extinct tonight, that would happen, um, which is going to inundate most of the major uh, cities that are close to the oceans, which will, of course, have economic ramifications and toxic ramifications because many communities won't be able to afford to move that toxic waste away from uh, from the ocean shorelines. Uh, we'll see a population bottleneck. There's just no question. The Earth cannot sustain 7 or 8 or 9 or 10 billion human beings. It most likely can't sustain more than 2 billion. And so once we get through the fossil fuel era, which is decades, a half a century away, we're going to be back to powering human civilization as we've done for the last two million years prior, which is on timber and the human and animal muscle power. And um, we're going to be back to that. So there's a, we're in a century of humility. If, if the 20th century was the century of, of uh, hubris um, and, and the sense of limitlessness, the 21st century is going to be the century of humility and grief and a sense of limits, sacred limits, grace limits. I sometimes speak about the sacred principle of enoughness. Um, so the, one, uh, the most important thing to, to remember, though, is that we have a lot of evidence about sustainable cultures, and they all mimic ecology. Ecology is the heart of their theology, and ecology is the heart of their economics. And any economic system that doesn't mimic the laws of ecology is unsustainable. And, of course, anything that's not sustainable at some point won't be sustained. So we really have developed an economic system that rewards the few at the expense of the many and uh, measures progress by how fast we can take the biosphere and turn it into pollution and forces almost all of us to betray the future just by pursuing the good life. So um, I've been really focusing on giving people both bad news. I call myself an apocaloptimist. I'm a short-term pessimist, but I'm a long-term optimist. Because when I look out hundreds and thousands of years, I'm very hopeful. I think humanity, the prodigal species, we've been out of right relationship to reality, God. Uh, we've squandered our inheritance. But now we're waking up to our predicament in the pig pen, as it were, and coming home to reality. We're going to be coming, but we're, we'll either go extinct or we will come home in a way that will last countless generations. Thanks, Michael. Um, it reminded me of a couple things. One, one is uh, there used to be a sign on Wall Street on this restaurant that said, too much is not enough. Uh, they took yes. it down in, in 2009. But it, nonetheless, it still uh, reflected the ethos that's driving all of this, that too much is not enough. Exactly, um, and we, we, we sometimes forget that unsustainable is just a pretty word for evil. I mean, how is this not obvious? <laughs> right. And the other shift they, from anthropocentric to theo or ecocentric, or exactly. somehow theo, theo and eco together, exactly fundamental. And we can all discuss that and other topics in our sort of round table in the next session. Thank you all. That's Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Hello everyone, this is Ben from OneGod.com. We hope you are enjoying this series, The Convergence, Uniting the Tribes in the Interspiritual Age. For those of you looking to take a deeper dive into any of this amazing material, Dr. Kurt Johnson has created a magnificent online learning program called Interspiritual Mastery. And we are thrilled to be hosting this course and our new education platform, One God Academy. The Interspiritual Mastery program will take you on a guided journey through amazing developments in spirituality, ecology, indigenous wisdom and more, giving you a window seat to the dawn of the interspiritual age. For more information on this exciting new program, please go to onegod.com, that's the number one, G-O-D.com, and follow the links to the academy. This is Ben from OneGod.com and World Weaver Spiritual Adventures with a very special invitation to join us on an upcoming interspiritual tour of India called The Mystic Express. We are so excited about this program and we've been working towards it for many years. Together with key hosts and luminary guests from the Convergence Radio series, we invite you to take the trip of a lifetime through the deeply mystical land of India, source to so many of the world's great spiritual traditions. You will be personally guided by learned masters through the traditions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism and Sufism. More than just an incredible learning journey, this promises to be a moving, soulful experience that will transform each of us and the way we see the world. This facilitated mystical journey is leaving Delhi on March 14, 2017 and finishes up back in Delhi on March 27. All aboard! For more information, go to worldweavers.com and look for the Mystic Express. World Weavers, Adventures of the Spirit. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Convergence. You may connect with our program today by calling toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send us an email to info at onegod.com. That's I-N-F-O at the number one, god.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to The Convergence. This is your host, Rick Clugston. And we're going to have, in this final segment, a little round robin where everybody gets to make a comment in the order that they spoke, and then we'll have a couple minutes for discussion at the end. So let's go first with you, Corinna. Well, thank you, Rick. I really enjoyed um, everyone's comments, and I suppose what I'd like to say is that um, coming from a seminary, that's where the Center for Earth Ethics is based, uh, I I really noticed the impact that theology has, and thinking about... um, the path of the book of Genesis, um, the interpretation through when Christianity became the religion of empire, and it became um, where dominion was interpreted as domination, and uh, the um, Christian exploring nations, so-called, were given that kind of dominion over the so-called new world. Then through the American identity and the uh, the sense or myth of manifest destiny, it seems to me, um, when I listen to, to, to everyone's comments and I hear Michael talking about the laws of ecology uh, being where all sustainable cultures um, succeed in the laws of nature and Mandahi talking about what is the sacred site's original instructions and can 
speaking about the importance of community, all of those things seem to me to implicate the kind of um, process of colonization and the role that Christianity played in colonization. I know there's been much discussion of that in the past, but I just want to say that this interesting discussion brought that to mind again and, uh, and makes me feel that there's something to it. Thanks, Karani. Mindahi, would you like to make uh, some comment? Yes, uh, thank you. Yes, I do agree that uh, this began with the colonization around the world and invasions. And uh, the the fact that uh, other cultures are not heard, but in fact, I believe that this crisis is also a crisis that we don't realize that we are just part of nature, that we are one more species in the in in life in the full creation. So. I think that uh, diversity, calling cultural or, or biological, which I, I, I call it biocultural diversity, it can be a key to really rethink life because we, in the Western mind, we separate uh, nature from uh, social uh, or uh, social uh, and cultural aspects, but actually life is very complex. So we need to rethink how we live with nature and not from nature. So in the indigenous uh, people's uh, thought, uh, uh, Mother Earth is, is another living. So as we have inherent rights, uh, Mother Nature or Mother uh, Earth also should have their uh, their own rights. So, and we might think what kind of human beings we are going to live in the future for Mother Earth, not the other way, what kind of Mother Earth we are going to live for future. So we need to rethink our, our life in this, uh, in this, in, in this uh, era, in this Earth. Thank you. It does remind me of uh, what Michael said, is the need for humility rather than hubris. And also we live in an economy that, that, that replaces diversity with monoculture, whether that's in agriculture or economics or even in language. And we've got to stand up against monoculture and, and value biocultural diversity. Ken, would you like to say something? Sure thing. Um, similar to what uh, the other people have uh, just mentioned, I think right now uh, there is a spiritual renaissance that is occurring uh, in the world. For, for many centuries or even thousands of years, we have been focusing on developing materials, and uh, so we have created this, this vast global type of material-centered culture. But now I think we're going into an age where, based on this new narrative and this spiritual renaissance, uh, we will see a convergence between the spiritual and the material, between science and religion, science and spirituality. And I think that will manifest as the process where all the different sectors of society, whether it's uh, science, education, politics, will become spiritually reoriented. And so we'll see an introduction 
of spiritual values and ethics in all aspects of, of society, where uh, you know science and materialism will be governed by spiritual wisdom. And as Mindahi said, I think also this will be a return to nature, where humankind will learn how to once again reconnect with nature and establish this kind of society that is uh, in harmony with nature. Thanks, Ken. I, what, another thing that pops into my mind is uh, Leo Tolstoy once said that uh, 90% of human suffering is caused by us trying to avoid the 10% that's necessary. And if you, if you look <laughs> yes, at a correct. lot of our modern culture, it's all about avoiding suffering. And, uh, and so part of the challenge of humility, I think, is, is embracing necessary suffering. So, Michael, Absolutely. your turn. Michael? Yes, I'd love to share. This is what, what a treat. Um, uh, one of the things that I always begin my programs with is my great mentor, Thomas Berry, says, we are talking only to ourselves. We are not talking to the rivers. We are not listening to the wind and the climate. Most of the disasters that are happening now are a consequence of that spiritual autism. And I, I like that quote because it gets at what Martin Buber was saying decades ago, that if we don't have an I-thou relationship with primary reality, which of course includes the soil, the water, the life upon which we depend, then we take that for granted. And that's why I think that the shift from human-centered or anthropocentric measures of progress and success to life-centered, biocentric, ecocentric, or you could even say God-centered, a G-O-D-D-E, that is primary reality, uh, uh, God's nature-centered. If we don't do that, everything else we try to do won't be enough. I think we have to shift our measures of success and, and especially have this I-thou relationship to primary reality. So it's just an honor to be with you all. Well, thank you, and thank you all. This has been a wonderful discussion, and I think really looking at that shift to a reverence for life, to the I-thou, to um, all my relations is fundamental, as well as policy and lifestyle changes. All right, thank so you. thank you so much, Rick, Corinna, Michael, Mindahi, and Ken, for that fascinating discussion. Now, one thing that's always said on this series is that given the the guests that come on and the degree of expertise, the conversations are never long enough, and so we're really going to try to address that, and we do that in two ways. We'll, we'll be in touch very soon about what to post to continue the conversation. So I want to invite everybody, all the listeners, to check out onegod.com slash convergence in the section on this episode, which will be called Continuing the Conversation. And we'll be in touch with each of the guests about the links we can post there, new things that they may have, things they want to point your attention to. And we also have the option of creating some videos uh, through Zoom where you all could have a much larger, uh, longer conversation without any time limits and really uh, pursue some of these things, and we would post those there as well. So thanks so much. This was great. And, and thanks so much, Rick, for pulling together an amazing, uh, amazing crew. So now next week we're going to have the concluding episode of what's been this first run of 13 episodes of the Convergence series, which has bridged between the United Nations Week of Spirituality in late October and the United Nations Week of Interfaith Harmony in early February. And that uh, episode is entitled Vision 2020. 
the episodes on the convergence in this first run have really been uh, successful. We've had garnered such amazing numbers of listeners, and we've been so grateful for that and to the listeners who've discovered us and enjoyed these programs. So in the Vision 2020 episode, Stephen Dynan, who's founder of the Shift Network, will join, join me and our co-host Ben Bill, uh, Bowler of OneGod.com and Doug King of Presence.tv for a wrap-up of all the series episodes, and particularly in the context of Stephen's most recent book, Sacred America, Sacred World. Now, Stephen's book gives a promising and yet critical vision of the future role of America as a global citizen and where the world may be going in the future in its inevitable journey toward a global and multicultural civilization. So we'll see you again on that program on February 3rd, which will mark the United Nations Week of Interfaith Harmony. Really looking forward to that. In the meantime, don't forget to check out uh, Barnett Bain's new film of Eckhart Tolle's book, Milton's Secret. To check that out, just Google Milton's Secret. Those of us who've had a lot to do with that film really love the result. So thanks again, everyone who was on this week, and we'll see you again next week. Lots of blessings and love. Thank you for joining our team, Dr. Kurt Johnson, Ben Bowler, and Doug King for The Convergence. We invite you to tune in again next Thursday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for another edition of the program. Until we talk again, have an outstanding week. Tragedies, democracy wakes up diseased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.